Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Spark Rentals, Facebook Live, podcasts, you name it. YouTube (laughs) Live. Right. (laughs) A little bit of this and that. Last week, if you were watching, you saw Dustin, Brian interviewed Dustin Heiner, who retired at 37 with rentals. Um, so that's, it's pretty cool to hear stories. I think so of those things this week, we are talking about public REITs and do they offer any diversification from stocks? And, um, I know that I have my own opinions on this and I know Brian (laughs) does. Um, In the meantime, thanks for tuning in. Please let us know where you're tuning in from. And if you have any questions, just throw them in the chat. So with that being said, Brian, (laughs) give, give everybody a bit of a background of what a public REIT is. Sure. So a, a publicly traded REIT is a company that owns real estate and there are uh, either owns real estate or owns debt secured by real estate. And there there are a, a series of technical requirements um, issued by the SEC for exactly what a company has to do to qualify as a REIT. Um, but it's it's roughly 75% of their, their revenue and their assets have to be in real estate. You know, again, whether that's owning properties directly or owning debts that are secured by properties. So those are the two main types of REITs are either equity REITs that, that own properties directly or mortgage REITs that own debt uh, secured by, by properties. And these are the traditional way that people have historically added real estate to their portfolios. Uh, they just buy some shares in publicly traded REITs with their brokerage accounts you know, alongside their, their stock investments, their mutual funds and, and ETFs. The problem is that publicly traded REITs actually do have a pretty strong correlation with stock markets. And the whole notion behind diversification is that you want the, the minimum possible correlation uh, between your different assets, right? So that if one asset group goes down in, in value, your other assets don't necessarily follow suit and, and crash through the floor. Uh, and this, this is particularly important for retirees, right? Who uh, are, are reliant on their investment portfolios to pay their bills every month. It's so- funny. I just saw, I was watching a news program and they were talking about um, how it's a scary time for seniors because anybody who uh, had their money in the stock market right now is, you know, what do you do? Well, you know, it's an unpredictable time uh, in really in both in real estate markets and in stock markets right now. Uh, there are a lot of mixed economic signals going on. No one really knows what the Fed is going to do uh, with interest mm-hmm. rates. You know, the expectation as of a week ago was that they were going to, to halt interest rate hikes. Um, but then there was that superheated jobs report released last Friday. And yeah, no, so no one really knows, you know, will the Fed keep rising or uh, raising interest rates? Uh, will they 
continue as planned with their their pause. Uh, will interest rates actually go down by the end of this year, as many pundits originally expected? No one really knows. The economy is, is sending some bipolar signals at the moment. So, and then yeah. you hear news reports like that, and it makes you think. You know, like I said to my husband, maybe we should get our money out of the stock market. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I I I have a. a hefty portion of my portfolio in stocks. And, you know, I'm certainly not anti-stocks, but I also want to balance those stock investments with totally non-correlated or, you know, as non-correlated, as uncorrelated uh, investments as possible, right? Because, you know, that's the whole point of diversification, as we mentioned. So the idea that you're going to diversify your stock portfolio by buying shares in REITs to, to balance your stocks, it doesn't make any sense. And we can dig into some of the data here to, to actually prove <laughs> that point if you're a little skeptical about the correlation. Uh, it was a nearly two decade long study by Morningstar, and they found a, a 0. Uh, I'm sorry, a 0.59 correlation between uh, US REITs and the total US stock market. And that may not sound like a lot, uh, but if you if you don't remember your middle school math, uh, correlations are measured between zero, which means no correlation at all, and one being lockstep uh, correlation. So a, a 0.59 correlation, uh, that is a similar correlation as energy stocks uh, with the broader stock market, uh, as telecommunication stocks with the broader stock market, and consumer staple stocks. So, you know, REITs are basically just one more sector within the broader stock market uh, and that's that's how they're correlated with with the broader stock market um and we'll, oh God, I'll give, we'll give you an example a, a perfect example of what we're talking about is 2022 so last year the s p 500 dropped 18.1 percent uh the average uh, across all u.s reits uh they crashed 25.1 percent wow. uh, and that's data from reit.com which is not reit uh, which is really the the authority uh, on uh, U.S. REITs, uh, and the average home price rose 10.5 percent, <laughs> uh, and that's that's from Zillow data. So, yeah, I mean, the stock market crashed, U.S. REITs crashed, home prices shot up 10 and a half percent, and it, it just goes to show that putting your money in publicly traded REITs as your strategy to diversify into real estate and away from stocks just doesn't really make any sense and it doesn't work uh, now are you saying not at all or just don't put all your eggs in one basket i'm not saying that you shouldn't invest in reits at all uh it is a very liquid and convenient way to invest in real estate related assets if you go back over the last 50 years and this data is also from from not U.S. REITs have averaged somewhere around 11.2, 11.3% average annual returns, which is around what the S&P 500 has averaged. By the way, that's a that's a mathematical mean average of annualized returns. That's not uh, IRR. It doesn't take compounding into effect into account. But yeah, I think the uh, the S&P 500 haven't had an average. Uh, annual return of like 11.8, 11.9% public or US REITs were like 11.2, 11.3% on average over that 50 year stretch. So it's not that you shouldn't invest in REITs at all if you want some of that liquidity, but just don't expect a lot of diversification from the stock market. Uh, and we have a, a chart graphing 
how the S&P 500 has performed each year over the last 50 years and how average U.S. REITs have performed. And it's not a perfect correlation, of course, but you can see them following each other one glance at this chart and you can see the correlation. You, you can see that by and large, they, they do move similarly. So now what alternatives then are, are there? I mean, obviously there's you could go buy real estate, but what other alternatives are there? Sure. So if you if you do want to diversify your portfolio to include real estate and you want those real estate investments to not share a huge correlation with with your stock investments, uh, there are really three main options. And, and there are there are others, of course, but we're going to we're going to talk about the three most common options. One is real estate crowdfunding. Uh, of which there are many different types. You know, you can buy fractional ownership in individual rental properties. You can buy into private REITs, which are not publicly traded on stock markets uh, and have a much lower correlation with stock markets. You can buy non-REIT funds that are uh, real estate crowdfunding and everything in between. Uh, there's, there's, you know, all kinds of stuff out there that you can do with real estate crowdfunding. And we have a, a chart comparing a whole bunch of different real estate crowdfunding platforms and review them. So we'll, we'll include a link to that, that comparison chart in the comments here. So yeah, real estate crowdfunding is a really easy way to get started. A lot of these investments let you get started with 10 bucks. So like Fundrise, they offer a ton of different funds and what they call e-REITs. And between their different funds, I mean, they own hundreds and hundreds of different properties, you know, a mix of single family rentals and multifamily properties and commercial and industrial. So they own a ton of different stuff. And that, that's a really easy way to invest a small amount of money to diversify across a ton of properties. Um, I really like Ground Floor. Uh, they use a very unique model where you can invest as little as $10 towards individual short-term loans that are secured by real estate. Those are hard money loans. Um, you know, for like flippers and, and burr investors, people buying fixer uppers uh, and renovating them. Their platform uh, so, is also, to me, is very easy. Oh, it's great. I, I, I love ground floor. It's a really way, easy way to diversify, uh, spread your money among a bunch of different uh, secured loans. Uh, and there are a ton of others too. Like um, Arrived offers fractional ownership in rental properties for a uh, hundred bucks a share. Uh, Arc7 offers fractional ownership in rental properties for 20 bucks a share. Uh, lofty, I think same concept, 50 bucks a share, although they're a little quirky. Um, there's a, there's a cryptocurrency component there that a lot yeah. of people are uncomfortable with. Um, but you have plenty of options to put small amounts of money into real estate investments through crowdfunding. So that's, that's an easy way to get started with a small amount of money. Uh, second option is real estate syndications. Now those require more money as, as you may or may not be aware, you know, Denny and I talk a lot about these. We have an investment club where every month we invest in one of these. The typical minimum investment for real estate syndications is 50 to hundred grand, which most of us don't have lying around. Um, but a real estate syndication, if you're not familiar with that term, it's basically fractional ownership in a big commercial property. Now, by commercial property, we don't mean an office building necessarily. Most most of them are not office buildings. Um, we just mean a, uh, a a property that is classified as commercial. So that's multifamily properties with five or more units. So the average syndication deal is a, a big apartment complex, you know, with a couple hundred mm -hmm. units. Um, but they they could include any type of real estate. Could be mobile home parks. Could be self storage facilities. Could be industrial real estate, retail properties, uh, or office buildings. Could be any of the above. Um, Vineyards. So you, What's that? Yeah, throw that in there. Vineyards. Vineyards. Yeah, yeah. It could be vineyards. It could be agricultural, <laughs> timber, you know, all that stuff. So real estate syndications are a great 
way to invest for high returns. It's a form of private equity and they it typically pays like 15 to 30 plus percent returns. So great returns, not very liquid. Uh, once you invest your money in, uh, it's it's locked in there until that property sells, usually uh, two, uh, two to seven years later. Um, but high returns, uh, almost no correlation to the stock market. Now, as far as getting over or investing with less money than that typical 50 to 100 grand, uh, like we mentioned, we have a real estate investment club that invests in a new one of these every single month. Um, the minimum investment for our club members is five grand per deal because what we're doing is we're basically pooling our money together as, a, as an investment club to meet that high minimum investment. Uh, so if you're interested in that, we'll include a link to where you can learn more about that investment club as well. Uh, but that's another way to invest in real estate with almost no correlation to the stock market whatsoever. Uh, and then your third option is, of course, direct ownership. You go out there and buy a rental property or flip a house, um, you know, whatever your your preferred style of investing is. You, know, you could you know invest in short term rentals like Airbnbs, vacation rentals, uh, or you know medium term rentals like extended stay properties. Um, you know, there, there's you have plenty of options, of course. Right. Uh, but that too, you're looking at usually 50 to 100 grand in the down payment, closing costs, repair costs, cash reserves. Uh, so don't expect that to be any cheaper uh, than investing in a real estate syndication by yourself. Uh, you're, you're still usually looking at that like 50 to 100 grand uh, in right. your cash needed for that. So if you only have 10 bucks, 100 bucks to invest, I would recommend starting with real estate crowdfunding. Uh, if you have a few thousand to invest, check out our real estate investment club. Um, and if you have 50 or 100 grand to invest, uh, check out, you know, go, look into buying uh, real estate on your own, you know, buying properties right. on your own. It just makes it a lot harder to diversify when you do that, uh, when you have to invest so many tens of thousands of dollars in a single asset. So, and that is part of what we're doing here, right? Uh, part of this conversation is about how to diversify your portfolio, right. uh, both to get away from stocks, but also diversifying your real estate investments as well. So, Denny, what did I miss? Uh, what, what did we not cover here? I think you, you did. The only thing I do want to mention when you buy properties on your own, there's also a, a component of a bit of aggravation. <laughs> and yeah, that's, just, that's so, an understatement. You want to make sure you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Denny, you and I have, uh, we spent many decades as landlords. Um, it's not always fun. <laughs> uh, you still know, am. Yeah, there you go. The, the, yeah, the 2 a.m. phone calls from tenants uh, complaining about a light bulb going out. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but the the, the point stands. Um, it's uh, it, yeah, it comes owning properties directly comes with some aggravations from repairs to non-paying tenants and evictions, managing the property manager. Um, so anyway. All right. Anything else you want to add before we call this episode complete? No, I think think that was good. All right. Well, thank you guys. We'll see you next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Stay in touch. Support at sportrunnel.com. Let us know what you want to hear more about, what kinds of guests you want us to have on the show. Uh, and please, if you enjoy these, these kind of short and sweet uh, podcast episodes about real estate investing and pursuing financial independence, please rate and review us on iTunes or, or Stitcher or wherever you uh, get your, your, wherever you consume your, your content. Uh, you know, or, you know, Facebook, same, same thing, you know, rate and review us. If you enjoy these, we appreciate it. It makes a huge difference to us and we will catch you on the flip side. Absolutely. Have a great Tuesday. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? 
It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side. Oh, 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 o